The Long Box Crusade presents monthly Monday movie muckabout because the podcasting world needs one more movie review show. I am Rick, also known as Not Jeff from Jeff and Rick Presents, and you know, you've heard me talk about this all the time. I love movies, and I've taken over this amazing attic at the Long Box Crusade headquarters to rifle through their movies, to steal the ones I don't have to add to my collection. Oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to say that. Uh, never mind. Go and find people who haven't seen a movie that I think is cool, or fun, or hip, or great, and have them watch the movie. Kind of a fun deal, right? And this week, I got a cool guy. He comes from a place called the worst comic podcast ever, but you know what? They are not. They are not. I have heard worse. I would like to introduce Jerry McMullen. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. And we like to say that we set our expectation level bar pretty low. So anytime we exceed it, we're doing something right. (laughs) Well, I think you have done something right, sir. You have a very, very fine show that I enjoy listening to. And and you guys have have been nice enough to have me on a couple of times. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's even better is that you do something so nice by including somebody like Colin on your show. And I mean, that's just so kind of you guys. Well, here's the deal. We've known each other since 1982. Uh-huh. We all met in junior high, so we say that we've gone middle school to middle age together. And quite honestly, we know where everyone has buried their bodies in life. So <laughs> it, it's kind of out of necessity that we stay close friends. And, you know, the guy's called me up about six years ago. Want to do a podcast? Well, I I think I'm kind of obligated to. So yeah, we'll do a show. We'll make it a weekly show so we can keep track of each other. And yeah. And it's a fantastic idea. No, I really do. I love the friendship that you guys have. I think it's amazing. It makes me a little sad and nostalgic for some of the friends that I have lost over the years that Mm -hmm. I haven't kept in contact with. But what you guys do with comic books, my friends and I used to do with movies. We used to get together nearly every week to sit down and watch movies. And we mm-hmm. wouldn't watch the good ones. We would watch the bad ones or the ones that we could just have fun with. Now, in the process, we did come across some good ones. We're like, oh, this looks terrible. Hey, this is actually really good. Mm-hmm. But that's where I got, got my love of movies was sharing with friends. And this is a way I can kind of do that again. So thank you for coming on the show and doing this Absolutely. with me. Absolutely. I'm excited. You ready for me to tell you what movie I want you to watch? Yes. I've been I've been sitting here all week just waiting. I, I submitted my list to you earlier, and I'm just curious as to which one stood out to you to take for a pick. The movie I want you to sit down and watch and talk about with me is John Wick from 2014, directed by Chad Stahelski. And this stars Keanu Reeves, Michael Nyquist, Alfie Allen, Adrian Pelkix, and a whole bunch of other names that I'm going to just destroy. But William Defoe's in it too, which is also cool. And John Langazamo. It's got an amazing cast. And you haven't seen it yet. I haven't. I wish I had better excuses to give you. <laughs> the, the tried and true is I'm a parent and I've got limited time to get out of the house. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I understand that completely. And it's one of those that I think I totally missed the John Wick train when it came out. I don't recall hearing anyone talk about it. I only heard people talking about it once John Wick 2 came along. Mm-hmm. And everyone started saying, oh, you got to go back and watch this. And it's like, okay, why? I, it's Keanu. I mean, it, <laughs> is it really relevant? Is it really important? And I just, I've never watched it. I've gone through my own evolution of Keanu, where, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day when I grew up with him, he was a little bit of a joke. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you look back and say, wait, The Matrix, 
that was kind of an important movie and he was in on it. And then you look back too, even further, like when we thought he was a joke. Well, Keanu Reeves was Bill and Ted and that movie holds up pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. And, and then you look at some of the other things you do and then you hear about him as a person too. He's actually a really good person. Yes. And you're like, you know, he's actually kind of a serious person deal he's actually an actor that we actually like we like his films we may make fun of him but we like his films so yeah i can kind of see where you're coming from with that i don't feel bad i was on that too i hadn't heard anything about john wick at all until john wick 2 started coming around and people like oh this is a great movie okay i'm gonna sit down and watch it my wife and i sat down and watched it when i after my daughter went to sleep and we went out on a date night movie to see John Wick 3. That's how much we all of a sudden got into it. So my wife was right there with me with this journey watching this movie and all the rest. But you haven't seen any of them, right? No. Excellent. This is fantastic. What have you heard about the movies? I hear that there's something rather tragic involving the dog. Yeah. And that it is kind of a nonstop action thrill ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this is your cup of tea because that's what you're going to get. <laughs> Without going any further, because I don't want to spoil anything for you, and I want you to go into this with the virgin eyes of never having seen anything else, I am going to let you go right now, scamper on back to your home, sit down after the kitties go to sleep, plug this baby on in, and sit back and enjoy it. But for you, dear listeners, you get to enjoy the trailer from John Wick from 2014. I'm up. I'm up. like that, huh? Nice ride. Thanks. How much? Excuse me? How much for the car? She's not for sale. You have a good day, sir. Daisy. I lost everything. That dog was a final gift from my dying wife. Jonathan. You got out once. You dip so much as a pinky back into this pond, you may find something reaching out to pull you back in. It's personal. Where'd you get that car? What does it matter? It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. Nobody? But nobody. No, just sorting some stuff out. Task your crew. How many? As many as you have. Hey, John. I thought I'd let myself in. People keep asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I'm not afraid of John Wick. Uh-huh. How good's your laundry? No one's that good. I thought not. (laughs) 
And we are back. Before we get started, I want to just do a quick synopsis of the film and a general spoiler warning. We are going to ruin this film for anybody who asks. So let's just talk about it. John Wick's wife has just been buried after dying from an illness. He, John Wick, is in mourning. But his wife has set up the delivery of a puppy for him. And then some Russian mobsters come along, rob him, steal his car, and kill his puppy. Unfortunately for the mobsters, John used to be the guy they called to kill, pff, what is the term, um, everybody. Introducing a mysterious underground world controlled by violence, codes, rules, and gold coins, John Wick follows a man's destructive path through everything and everyone that gets in his way. It is not because they killed the dog. Well, yes, yes it is. But it is also about what the dog was. And that is hope. So, Cherry, first time seeing this film, what did you think of John Wick? I am still on an adrenaline high from watching <laughs> that movie. I mean, it once it gets going, it never slows down. And it just, we're, we're piling up bodies left and right all the way along. And it yeah. is, I was greatly surprised how much I enjoyed this movie and how much fun I just had watching it. I, I'm normally not that into the the heavy violence movies mm -hmm. and there was a lot of heavy violence oh, in this movie yeah. but i i had a good time watching it i immediately I, I was probably like 40 minutes into the movie and i'm getting on my phone to go ahead and request john wick 2 and john wick 3 from the library which i'm going to pick up tomorrow so <laughs> and the john wick comic book i i got them all ready to be picked up at the library now i i'm totally all in on this and I haven't even seen the second and third movie yet. Well, that is good. That is good. I guess the real question then is, you said that you're not really a violence kind of guy, heavy violence guy. What is it about the film that draws you into it? John Wick himself. Uh, he's a sympathetic character. You can, you can relate to his loss, losing his wife like that. And mm -hmm. he's at a point in, in his life, he just wants to be left alone. Yes. And if the Russian mobsters hadn't tried to buy his car and then just steal his car, nothing would have ever happened. He, mm -hmm. he would have lived his life. He would have gotten the dog, had a new best friend, would have had that hope to keep on living. Yeah. But the Russian mobsters, the, the one guy, he's the, the son of the head mobster. Mm -hmm. He wants that car and yeah. he's going to get it, whatever it takes. And that, killing the dog in front of John Wick just like pushes him over the edge and he goes right back into business mode. And there are many points too where and the Russian mobster, the head Russian mobster, he even knew that there were many points where he could have just, he could have ended this. You know, he, he found out that his son did this. All right, I am just going to hand you right over to John Wick and hopefully we will end this and I have lost his son. He knows. Mm -hmm. He knows what's going to happen. Yeah. But even he gets tricked into thinking, well, maybe, just maybe, we can take down John Wick. <sighs> no, it, it, no. He's like a force of nature. Once he gets yes. started, there is no stopping him. There's no negotiating. Yeah. On, John Wick actually went to him to negotiate. Give me your son. Let, yeah. me, let me settle this. And, I mean, like a, like a good dad, he's like, no, I can't do that. But... He also needs to look at the business and 
he should have calculated that he's going to lose his business if he doesn't give over his son. So then he puts out an all points hit on John Wick. So that starts bringing in all these other would-be assassins to go after John Wick. It builds on itself. Mm -hmm. It builds on itself. And, And in the movie, you've got just a few people who are actually smart and actually understand the entire score. Uh, John Leguizamo at the beginning, when, where did you get this car? No, I ain't touching this. I am not touching this at all. And the big boss, I, I understand you hit my son. Did you still tell you who uh, he stole from? He stole from John Wick. Ah, I see. It is okay that you hit my son. Yeah. <laughs> he he gets it. And then the my favorite, my favorite little scene in this movie is when John Wick goes up to the bouncer outside the door of the the Russian bathhouse. Mm-hmm. And he comes up to him and they recognize each other. And he's, the guard says, are you working tonight, John? Yes, I am. I think you should take the night off. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Wick. And it's just, it's personal respect. I'm going to give you a chance. Do you want to play the game or not? Yeah. No, I would like to just take the night off and I'd like to go home and live. Mm-hmm. And I may have lost my job, but mm, <laughs> yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> Yeah, it. I love these movies where we get introduced into a world of characters where everyone in the film knows the entire backstory about the main character, and you just you get to pick up on it as the story goes along. Yes. So, the legend of John Wick is is known far and wide across this universe. Many of the people know him by sight and show him that respect, like that scene with the with the doorman. It's just. I love seeing it all play out and finding out all these little details about his back history and just the way he had all the weapons stashed in his house ready to go (laughs) and the gold coins. And it's like, life is good. (laughs) Sucks to be on his enemy list, but yeah. And here's the other piece too. You started saying it as well. We don't know anything about John Wick. We spend the film figuring out a little bit more about him as it goes on. Mm-hmm. This film also does something else very smart, too. It introduces a whole new world. There is an entire underground world that, you know, we're seasoned movie lovers. We understand what this world... No. No, we don't understand what this world is. This is something a little different than we've ever seen before. There is rules. There is currency. There is a speech. There are places. And this is this entire underground realm that we are trying to discover and trying to pick apart as we're walking through this movie. What did you think about that? I thought it was great. I, <laughs> I for it being a first time film, I, isn't this the director's first film? Chad Stalinsky. And yeah. he has done stunt work and stunt man. Yeah. He worked with Keanu on the matrix doing uh-huh. some of the stunts. Uh, he was the double for Brandon Lee after the fatal accident involving Lee on the set of The Crow, too. He's got an experience being a stuntman, so this was really the first film. This was the first film yeah. that he was a director on. He was a second unit director on Captain America, but that was after this film came out. So he took all of this knowledge of stunt work and said, I can direct this. Yes, and it's it's incredible. I mean, I, w- I would not expect this from a a rookie director like this. I it's like the bench player on baseball on a baseball team who spends all his his career sitting on the bench watching everything go on and then he becomes the baseball manager and is suddenly the greatest manager of all time. That's what we're seeing here with this guy. I 
I know he's pretty much just done so far the John Wick movies. I want to see him do other movies, see what else he can do and just expand on his credit list, his resume. I mean, I, I want to watch more of this guy's stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think he has done a very good job. I think, I I think that as far as the storyline, the action, the way they portrayed the action, like you said, it is a very, very violent film. And not taking away from the violence at all, but there's there's almost something a little poetic about the violence and a little romanticized and a little comic. It, there, there's a comic feel to it. It is so over the top and so insane and so surreal that it kind of takes it to another place. It's like, okay, this is incredibly violent, but it's not violent, violent, if you will. I, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. You just kind of... After a while, you get a little numb to it and accept it. And it's like, okay, this is just, this is poetry in motion. This is a little ballet dance that's going on. And you just appreciate the cinematography of it and how it's all designed. It, it's very much, it, it feels very much like a dance movie in that you're watching the characters move around and circle each other. And it's the the work that they the everyone put in the actors the crew the the techs getting the lighting and everything going i mean it it is like watching all these pieces move around simultaneously doing this dance so they can all be in the right places at the right time it's just it it boggles the mind that it's this this good the first time out it is more or less one giant violent scene but there are different set pieces that are set up is there any set piece or is there any action sequence that really stood out for you as this is just insane or this is amazing and this is like tops for me when he tracks down the sun at the club slash spa the sun was down in the in the spas at the time and you've got a dance club above and John goes in and people are clearing out. They know who he is. And then there's still those group of people that are hanging out, just become targets or objects to move around. And you get the scene down in the spa and then that flows back up onto the dance floor. I just thought that whole scene was so captivating. I just, I mean, I didn't want to take my eyes off the screen at any point, but that particular scene, the house could have been burning down around me and I would not have noticed because I was so focused on this scene. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with you on that one. It's a little bit like one of those old uh, the Big Boss or one of those old Kung Fu movies where you start at the ground floor and you just, mm-hmm. you're just fighting along until you get to Big Boss and you move up to the next floor and you're fighting along and you move up. It, that's almost what he is doing in those scenes is he's just burning through, he's chasing after his target and he is going to keep on chasing it floor by floor until he gets to the biggest boss of them all. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and it's non-stop as he's going through and the scene changes mm-hmm. and the backdrop changes and everything keeps changing as he's going and fighting these different characters. Yeah. I, I also noticed that my last time through watching that, that thank goodness that everybody in there who worked for that club was wearing red because that helped John distinguish them from everybody mm-hmm. else. <laughs> was there any other great scene that you uh, th- th- that just stood out to you or was also amazing something it, it's almost like a throwaway but the video of john witt's wife bridget moynihan mm-hmm. was incredible i mean one 
the he he watches this video multiple times throughout the movie and she's talking to him asking what have you done what have you done you see it at the very beginning of the movie they give you a tease where he's all battered and bloodied after the end battle and he's watching this video and she's asking what have you done what have you done and then you get the flashback and understand that she's passed away and all of that and then you see it play again later towards the end of the movie and that just felt so powerful that even though she was dead, his wife is still a critical role in this movie, in the storytelling. It helps give John that, that grounding, that focus of what, what he is doing. Mm -hmm. There's a few movies that, that really get this right. And it's almost a detriment to every other movie that spends two hours trying to show that there's a relationship between two people. Uh, and and it's a weird juxtaposition when I say this, but I, I think of the movie Up and the first, you know, two or three minutes of that movie where you see this entire relationship between these two kids as they grow up into be, you know, elderly and yeah. and, and he watches the, his wife pass away. That is still a powerful, powerful two or three minutes where you That's can see this relationship and you understand both of these characters perfectly. John Wick does the same thing in about the same amount of time. You see how much he is in love with his wife. You see his character of who he is. He's a man who is in deep, deep mourning and you appreciate that and you respect that and you understand it. And you think you know everything about him until he starts, you know, killing people. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> but at the same time, you, you just have to appreciate how directors can set that up with just certain mood, certain music, certain way of introducing the characters and the few words that they actually say to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, that having that entire, uh, th that video be the entrance to a character who we never see because mm -hmm. she's she, she passes away right there at the beginning. But you get the idea of who John Wick is and what he's about during that time. And then you see the puppy. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is a certain level of hell reserved for those people that abuse dogs like that. Yes. So I would pay good money just to see John Wick and the dog walking around for two hours on film. Yeah. yeah. Take <laughs> yes. my money. Yeah. John Wick with that dog, John Wick in his car. You can see that this man has got a couple things that still bring him a levels of joy. Mm -hmm. And then somebody comes along and takes away those two things. And he, the car. Okay. He could have gotten over the car. He could have gotten himself another car, but that dog, no, not, no, not no, replaceable. No. no, not replaceable. I, you took away hope. Alfie Allen plays the, the Russian mob son that instigates everything. Yes. And this summer, my wife and I have been doing a watch of Game of Thrones. Yes. And we, we have recently seen that character's story arc, and he's not a likable character on Game of Thrones. So when I saw him pop up on the screen and put the connection together, I was immediately hitting the guy before he had even said a word to John Wick about his car, much less what happens with the dog. So he was the perfect foil for this movie for me. Almost feel sorry for Alfie, Alfie Allen because he has this face and he has this demeanor that just says, you are kind of scum. You're oily scum. You you don't have a likable face. Mm -hmm. You don't have a likable demeanor. I almost feel sorry for the guy because he is, if he ever is anything more than just a horrible, horrible villain or somebody that is just a Weasley despisable character, I, 
I don't know what it's going to be. It yeah. is going to have to be some amazing cinematography to make that happen because between Game of Thrones and this, it, it's just like you see him and you're just like, I just want to punch you. I just want to punch you in your face. You're just horrible, 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 horrible. And he's well cast in that role. Yeah. I was surprised just all along, everything I heard about the movie just focused on Keanu Reeves. Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves. And I went in, I really hadn't done much research on the movie before watching it, but just seeing all the other star actors attached to this film. Oh, yes. Willem Dafoe and Adrienne Palicki. Uh, you mentioned John Leguizamo, mm-hmm. uh, Bridget Moynihan, Ian McShane, Ian McShane. Yes. Oh my gosh. I saw him in the club and it's like, oh, this movie, this movie just went up a whole nother level. It has an amazing, amazing cast. And the most of their work is just supporting the narrative or supporting the story that's going on around it. It's not even supporting Keanu Reeves. Keanu does a fine enough job for that. They are set dressing for this mysterious world that you find yourself in because it is it's the little things like you see the cop come up to his house and the cop says, you know, are you working again, John? And, you know, you know, the cops in on it, but he's he's still the public face of whatever else is going on here. But then you start seeing Lance Reddick as a hotel manager. Oh, he was great. You see him. You see Ian McShane. You see, you know, even William Defoe. William Defoe is kind of on the outskirts, but you see he's kind of part of it as well. They're all serving to create this backdrop scenery of this world, and you're still trying to figure out what is going on with this place. What are the rules that they have to follow? What can and can't be done? Um, you know, oh, the Continental has got, you know, rules. You cannot have do business on the Continental. Mm-hmm. You know, let's remember that. Remember, you can't do the business there. And then, of course, the one assassin who was trying to kill John there, Later on, yeah, uh, you, you, that has been revoked, and she gets murdered in a way most foul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like you said, it is a dance. It is a dance that is going on, and and the people are the set dressing for that dance. Yes. It's quite impressive, quite impressive. I, I should ask you, I mean, we've been just waxing this film like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything in this film that you didn't like or that took away from your enjoyment? A momentarily speed bump. Just with the dog dying. I yeah. I mean, I knew bad things were going to happen to the dog. I, I went into the movie knowing that. But still just watching it happen, I lost focus on the movie. I was so concerned about the dog. Mm-hmm. And it it took me a second or two to kind of get back into the movie after seeing that. Yeah. So, and if, if you've ever had a dog in your life or ever had a had the need to you know put a a family pet down i mean you you hate losing a a pet like that but then to see it happen in a violent way i was just it it took me out of the movie for a minute yeah and i i think that's incredibly fair i don't know how else maybe a, a better writer could figure out a way to do it without you know killing an animal killing a beloved animal but i think unfortunately i think that this movie needed that that kind of kick they needed that part in the term but the fridging of the dog in this case to to move john wick to the next level of of what he was going to do yeah they needed something to show irreplaceable hope that his dying wife has left him and and they put that in the form of this of this dog i i get it completely i i 
the movie almost needs to take you out of it for a second and say, this is so horrible. This is such a horrible, horrible thing that we are going to make you question your choice in watching the rest of this movie. But trust us, it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. There will be revenge. There will be revenge. And oh, what sweet revenge it is. And then at the end of the movie, spoiler warnings already, he steals a new dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he steals this new dog. Uh, He goes to try to patch himself up, sees a dog, and instantly he's like, no, this dog is now mine. Mm-hmm. I, I have earned this dog. I don't care about anything else. This is my new dog. There is some sweet justification in there. There's some sweet reward that comes with... He, he's got something new. It's on his terms now. And it's replacing... He's found some new hope again. And he's got something else that he can live for. He, he's got a new balance to which he can move forward now mm-hmm. in his life. I'm curious to find out what happens in the second and third movies at this point. I, again, I know nothing about them beyond their sequels to this movie. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it will be a delight to watch them at some point in the next week. No, I, I think you will. Uh, question. I know that you didn't watch this with your kids because I know you're not a monster. Well, I actually, <laughs> my, my, my older son, he's 15. Okay. We did watch it together. <laughs> One trying to find stuff to do with your teenager at this point yeah. is a little challenging. I knew he plays a lot of the video games, the, whether it's uh, rainbow sits or Fortnite. So he's, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he even enjoyed it. He was a little skeptical at first. And it's like, trust me, everyone, everyone says I'm going to like it. I'm pretty sure if I like it, you're going to like it, you know? And he was, 30 minutes into it, he had put his phone down and he was just focusing on the movie. So I think it'll be very interesting to see him react to the next couple of movies as well. Then All right. <clears throat> did your wife watch it with you? No, no, <laughs> no. I, 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 I did think about showing it to her after the fact, just because we have been watching game of Thrones and, mm-hmm. you know, she's not totally, against stuff like that but this really it's not normally her type of movie so no need to push that if i don't have to is there any other last things you want to talk about this film any other things that stood stood out or any other pieces that you really want to talk about at this point are you just wanting me to let you go and so you can watch this the next couple of films (laughs) pretty much i again i without trying to sound like a broken record here i am just so impressed with this film it is a solid solid film i mm-hmm. i i struggle to find things that i would change about this movie yeah i i don't know i i have no issues with any of the casting i think everyone was cast perfect for their roles i the story felt right i i'm not thinking of any plot holes or things that don't set right with the way that things played out it just it, it's a damn near perfect movie. Well, I think there's nothing else we can say except to find out what you'd rate the film. And I think we don't even need to worry about the less than three, but we go from (laughs) one to five, five being great, one being horrible, three being right in the middle. How many full bags of popcorn would you give this film? Well, I know you don't do half votes, so... No, no, this is the Longbox Crusade Network, and you are not musical genius Joe November. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm going to go four yep. just because I can't recommend this to everyone given yeah. the violence level. It's, it's not a family friendly movie. I no. can't, 
I would feel uncomfortable sitting down with my 12 year old daughter to watch this movie. So (laughs) otherwise I I would, I would love to give this a five. I've got to give it a four. No, I, I think that's completely fair. Completely fair. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I think that this is a near perfect movie as well. I think that this is a strong four for me. I think that this film shows some incredible, incredible chops of a new first time director it brings Keanu Reeves once again back into focus as an amazing actor, amazing action actor who is just a treat to watch on a film. And it brings us into this fascinating world that John Wick lives in. And for that, I mean, I think that anybody who can watch this film and it would be reasonable for them to watch this film should watch this film. That's just me though. Slowly. (laughs) Slowly. (laughs) (laughs) Enough about that, though. Thank you very much for Absolutely. your rating. Where else can people find you, not on the dark streets of the dark underworld, but on the happier streets of the interwebs? Yes, uh, definitely not in New Jersey. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am one of the three founders, co-hosts of the worst comic podcast ever. We say that with great pride. We like to set the bar low. And then if we exceed that, then we're doing something good. My friends, Colin and John and I, we've known each other since seventh grade. So we've gone from middle school to middle age together. We get together once a week to talk comics, movies, TV, all the other nerdy stuff that our wives don't want to hear us talk about. So we put a new show up each Wednesday morning. Find us Wherever you're getting this podcast, you can get Worst Comic Podcast Ever. We're on the web, wcpever.com, or you can find us social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, yada, yada, yada. I will also give a quick plug. I volunteer my time for the Hero Initiative, which is a nonprofit that raises funds for comic book creators in times of need. I've been volunteering for Hero for nearly 20 years. When all this COVID stuff is done and we get to have comic conventions again, please, please look for the Hero Initiative at the larger conventions. We'll have a table set up. We'll have volunteers trying to raise money. We'll have donation bucket on creator tables. We sell product throughout the year. We've got a Batman 100 cover project coming out in the next couple of weeks that looks spectacular. And it, these 100 cover projects are a good book to pick up and take with you to those cons because it becomes a great autograph book. So go out to heroinitiative.org to find out more about this wonderful organization. Yes, I, I agree with that. In fact, if you can't go out, if you got some extra change lying around now and you want to donate it somewhere, go to hereinitiative.org. You can set up your donations right there. I also have been helping out with Here Initiative. I do that with your buddy Colin mm-hmm. here in Portland. I, I kind of like to say that I'm his uh, unofficial assistant, so I try to you know help him out whenever possible. Unfortunately, I right as I started to get into that, this happened. Mm-hmm. But yes, on our show, we actually donate for our Patreon. We donate 10% of our Patreon to Here Initiative, and we, we promote it all the time. Thank it's you. a great cause. It is wonderful. And every little bit helps. The comic creators do not have the opportunities a lot of, a lot of us working stiffs have to have set up health care, set up money that our employers help us pay for quality health care. They need this. They don't have the same, a lot of the same benefits that a lot of us have. So right. if you have some extra money laying around, please, please support the people that you love doing the things that you love. 
As for myself, you can find me at Twitter at Jeff Norick Present or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with my Russian mobster hitman, Jeff. If you would like to be on this show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at Jeff and Rick Present, all one word, at gmail.com. And a big thank you to the Longbox Crusade Network for letting me use the attic of their headquarters to broadcast the show. I am sorry about the loud gun noises and all of the dead mobsters up here. I promise I will have somebody come and clean them up. I've got the gold coins. I would also like to thank their sponsor, Omaha Bound. And you too could be as fancy as Jared and I, because I just got my own beautifully bound copy of the Nth Man series from Omaha Bound. They do good work. I can attest to this now. But I would also like to thank the Longbox members who help support this network. If you would like to support this network, head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. That's all we got time for today. You all need to go out, watch a good movie, grab some popcorn, and pull up a seat for our next episode. Our theme music is The Entertainer by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.